Amen. Tell you what, it's good to be in the house of God tonight. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to go ahead and open our books, Bibles, that is, to the book of Revelation, chapter 12. I was telling Brother Marvin that this is good. I don't think I've preached from this book in a long time now. And I'm praying that I'm not going to mess up on anything I say. <laughs> but I believe this is everything I'm about to say is coming straight from heaven's oracles. And I believe that God is behind presenting it all and will not let me make a mistake in regards to it. If you would, when you find it, stand as we honor God at the reading of his word tonight. Revelations chapter 12. We're going to begin with verse number 7. It says, And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Verse 12. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that his time, he has a short time. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word tonight. We thank you, dear God, that you're going to show me the truth of it, and that I'll impart that truth, and Lord, that we'll be blessed because of it. And Lord, we're going to give you all the praise and the glory and the honor Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated tonight. Tonight's message is entitled, Oh, the Blood. Oh, the Blood. You know, we need to understand something tonight, folks. That there is a war being fought in the heavenly realm right now. As we're speaking, as we're living, as we're breathing. As we're here on this earth, there is a war taking place in the heavenly realm. There's the demonic angels of Satan fighting against the angelic forces and angels of God. And they're combating on a daily basis. And it's because the devil has been allowed for so many years. We, we have this tendency to sometimes think, well, the devil's in hell. No, he's not. Matter of fact, let me prove to you. Job chapter 1. If you want, you can turn there with me. Otherwise, just pigeonhole what you got. Well, in pigeonhole what you got or turn there. Or otherwise, you can just let me read it to you. It's Job chapter 1, verse number 6. It says this. That song. I'll get there in a minute. Here we go. It says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. Now, where is God? He's in heaven. 
So that means that the devil, Satan himself, was in heaven at this particular moment in time. It says, And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. I don't want to go into the story of Job. I just mainly wanted to show you from that one verse or two verses of scripture that we just read that the devil was in heaven when he was talking to God about Job. And you know what? We need to understand that that's where he is still until the time comes for him to be cast out. This is futuristic, folks. This is talking about a time coming when God is going to cast the devil and his demon and demonic angels out of heaven once and for all. At that point in time, they will no longer be allowed to come into the presence of God. And we need to understand that tonight. But in the meanwhile, they're in the heavenly realms fighting for you and for me. They're trying to take us down. They, he, gee, God has called the devil the accuser of the brethren. We need to understand that he had been doing that day and night, night and day for so many, 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 many years. And he's been trying to get us to fall. He's been trying to lure us away from God. He's been trying to get us to, to follow after him and his demonic power instead of to following after God. But he's not going to be not going to be successful unless we let him be, unless we give over to him, unless we allow him to take control of our life, and allow unless we allow him to take control of our minds and begin to live an unchristlike un life, and let, if we begin to live a sinner's life all over again, we can be in danger of losing our salvation. So I'm here to tell you tonight, folks. That there is a real battle going on right now in the heavenly realm. And the demonic, the demonic angels of Satan are going against the, the angelic angels of God. And that's what this verse seven, 7 is talking about. When it says that there was a there was fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought. But here's the good news in verse 8. They did not, and they the word they there is talking about the dragon and his angels of, of hell. They did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in, any, in heaven any longer. In other words, they're not going to be, when that time comes that they're cast out, they're never going to get to go back to heaven again. They can't go into the presence of God. They can't go into the presence of the saints. They can't go into the presence of an almighty God and his people. And so that's what this is talking about here so far. And then in verse 9 it says, So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceived the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So in other words, that's futuristic, but it's going to happen. You know, the apostle was writing, just like Paul did, in terms of things already having taken place even though they might still be futuristic in, a, in a reality. And mm -hmm. so, because when, when you know that God has said something, you know it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So when he's ready for it to happen, it's going to happen. But up until now, now this is saying that at the point of about three and a half years into the tribulation, 
That's when this fight is going to take place. So in other words, it hasn't happened yet because the tribulation hasn't started. Because the tribulation, it's been speculated that it's going to be in the three and a half years of the, of the great tribulation that this takes place. And when it does, then Satan is going to be cast out of heaven for all eternity. And we've got to be, we got to know something, folks. That doesn't mean he's going straight into hell like I'd like for him to. He's going to go to the earth. And when he does, you're talking about this battle triggers the great tribulation. In other words, it's going to start it off. And when that happens, know, know this, that we'll be out of here when it does. We'll be out of here because the Bible definitely teaches us that it is pre-tribulation. In other words, that we are going to be out of here. We're going to be raptured before the tribulation begins. That's what the scriptures teach us. And so we need to understand tonight, folks, that God wants you and I to be ready when that event takes place. And we've got to make sure that we're, we know that we know that we know that our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And so, therefore, we've got to make sure that we're not going to be around when this battle takes place. But he's going to be cast to the earth for a short time, it says. He, because Satan himself knows that his time is running out. He knows that his time is short. He knows that he's going to go to a tormentful hell for all eternity, never to see the light of day again, never to walk in the kingdom of God anymore, never to do anything of that nature, no more accusing the brethren, no more any of all this stuff. It's going to be finished for him. But until that time comes, He's going to take what take everybody he can with him. Because misery loves company. Amen? Amen. That's what he is. He's a miserable scoundrel. He's a miserable spirit. Amen. And we need to understand that in verse 10 it says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. He's cast down. Great. I ought to get some amens on that one. He, he is cast down. Amen. He's never going to bother us again in, a, in the fact that he can no longer accuse us. But he will until the time that he is put into hell. He is going to try his best to get everybody around him that it's within his reach, he's going to try and get them to fall away from God. That means even me and you. And the Bible even says this in the scriptures. It, I can't remember which gospel it is, but it says this. It says, unless the days had been shortened, even the elect would have been deceived. Mm -hmm. See, that's the devil's job, is to deceive you. To make you think that you're born again when you're really not. And we need to be sure, though, because we can know. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will bear witness with our spirit that we are a child of God. So in other words, we can know that for a fact. I've heard these certain religions teaching this, that it depends on if my good, bad, good outweighs my bad. In other words, if I do enough good deeds, I'll make it to heaven. No, it's not based on your deeds. It's based on the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's based on God's grace through, through faith that you're saved. Not of your works, lest any man should boast. 
So you see, none of us can earn our way into heaven. It has to be through grace, by grace through faith in Christ Jesus that we're saved. And so we need to understand that it is a wonderful thing that the devil is going to be cast down, that he is going to bite the dust, so to speak, that he is going to have just a short time before he's cast into a tormentful hell for blazing flames and everything for all eternity. Amen. So anyways, that's said in verse 10. Verse 11 says, And they overcame him. Talking about those that he was, uh, he's come down to, to accuse and to come against and everything else. It says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. That's why I called this sermon, Over the Lamb. I mean, Over the Blood tonight. Because it's the blood, folks, that gives us the power. The resurrection power of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God that is given to us through the blood. And because of the blood, because Jesus shed his blood on the cross of Calvary, we have eternal life in and through him. We talked a little bit about eternal life this morning. But I'm here to tell you tonight, folks, that God wants us to overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb. That's why I plead the blood of the Lamb over my family. When I pray for them, I always end it by saying, and I plead the blood of Jesus over, or I say blood of the Lamb, or I say blood of Jesus over my family. And and I want you to know that I do that for y'all as well. I plead the blood of Jesus over y'all. I plead the blood of the Lamb over y'all. Because it's the blood that's going to give power to the words that I speak concerning your life. In other words, concerning the situations you may be dealing with. I'm asking God to give you victory. And the victory is through the blood. I almost named the message tonight, Victory in Jesus. And it could still be. I guess I could make it a double, one of those double title things like Bullwinkle and Rocky. I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, it's a, we need to understand that the blood is where we get the victory. The blood, is, it, the blood that Jesus shed on the cross of Calvary not only forgave us of our sins. It did that for sure. It, it cleansed us. You know, we need to, to be washed in the blood. We sing that song sometimes called Washed in the Blood. We need to be washed in the blood because that's what cleanses us of our sins. That's what blots out the sinful things that we have done. That's what makes us in right standing with the Heavenly Father is through the blood. That's why when the devil accuses me of saying, look at old Pastor Love. Look at what he did over here. Look at what he did over here. Then the Lord looks at me and says, what are you talking about, devil? I don't see anything but my son's blood. That's all I see. And that's what I'm saying is that blood blots out your sins. The blood covers them all. But we've got to confess them to the Lord. You know, I've heard it said, well, all we have to do is confess our sins one time. You know, if that's the case, then why did 1 John 1 verse 9, I believe it is, say, if we will confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In other words, we got to confess our sins every day when we commit them. And we need to be quick to do it. Because we, if we don't, sin hardens our heart. You know, that's something that we need to understand is that sin not only separates us from God, but it hardens our heart. So that it's even harder for God to talk to us and get us to repent the next time. 
and then even harder the next time and harder the next time. Till finally we get to the point like I did where I didn't even repent for my sins. I just thought if I died I was going to heaven and I wouldn't get as good a reward as somebody else. Because I had been taught once saved, always saved. But that's not the case. You can lose your salvation Amen. if you get to the point like I did where you don't even confess your sins anymore. You don't care whether you're sinning anymore. You, you, you don't want to hear from God. You don't want to hear about God. You don't want to read his word. You don't want to spend time with him. You mean, you just, you want to be completely estranged from God. That's where I had gotten to, just about. Because if I had gotten to that place, I don't think I would be here now. But I got that close to coming to that place. And God reached out and saved me at the very last minute. He said, and he said this to me. He said, are you coming home or not? This is your last chance. Whenever God tells you that, you know he's serious. And you know that you need to get things right with God right then, right there. And that's what I did. But I'm here to tell you tonight, folks, you don't have to get to that point like I did. You can make sure that you say you, that you repent in prayer every single time that you sin. And then you won't have to worry about that. Because as long as you feel the conviction of the Spirit... You have not lost your salvation. God has not turned you over to a reprobate mind as long as you can still feel conviction when you see And so I encourage you to make sure that you make sure that you repented of all your sins and ask the Lord to forgive you and ask him to cover your sins with his son's blood. And he will. He will cover it like a blanket. You know, my wife, she sometimes, I'll sit, see her sitting in the living room our house is like an icebox. And yes, it is. She says no, but I know it is. I feel it myself. But my daughter, my, my wife, I mean, she'll sit there with covered up like a blanket with this blanket over her. Well, that's the same way the blood of Christ is. It covers us like a blanket. And it keeps the devil from getting to you. And I'm here tonight to tell you, folks, that that's what we've got to get to. If we haven't already, that's where we need to be. Praise the Lord. And then, in, then it says, and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. You know, I will say this much. Even I think this could very well happen because it's already been happening in certain countries. You may have to die for your belief in I've heard of other people that have already had to do that. And that they have actually come into their homes and taken them out in front of their families and shot them to death. And, and also that there's been other churches where the, they're having service and the pastor will get taken out in front of his whole congregation and slaughtered by bullets. I mean, there's, there's these things are actually happening in our society today, in our world today. And I also heard about Nicky Cruz, who also one time, whenever he was in this, uh, one of the parks in New York City, he was in one of the parks with some friends, and he was, they started singing some praise and worship songs, and this gangster came up to him and put his gun to his head. And he says, you either renounce your, your son Jesus, this guy Jesus, or I'm going to shoot you right in the head right now. And he just kept on singing. 
And because of that, Nicky Cruz was saved. That was the guy that was holding the gun at the other guy's head. And we need to be sure that we understand that that might happen in our own life. And if it does, you've got to make a decision in a split second. Am I going to say, yes, I believe in Jesus, and I believe in everything he's done for me? I love him so much, and I'm going to love him till I die, and then and let that person kill you if need be? Or you can say, you're right, I guess I better renounce Jesus right now. I don't know the guy. You know, that would be your own, only two decisions you can make at that moment in time. And I don't know about you, but I truly believe that I know myself well enough that I would be willing to die for my conviction in Jesus. I believe that with all my heart. That if a push come to shove and I had to make that decision, I believe that I would say, go ahead and shoot because I'm not pronouncing. Just like that girl in Columbine, whenever she had that option, they said, do you believe in this Jesus you always preach about or talk about? And she said, yes. And he said, then go be with him. And he shot him, shot him. And that's what we need to understand, folks, is there may come a time where that's going to have to happen. That may happen to us. We may have to be martyred for the Lord Jesus Christ. It didn't just happen to the disciples back in the day and to Jesus' disciples and, and, and everything. It happened more more than we know, it's happened in times past, it's still happening today, and it may very well continue to happen in the future, and one of us may be the ones that has to make that decision. And I hope not, but if we, if we continue to live as sinfully as we are as a nation in the, in the whole, we may end up in that position where we have to make that decision for the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in verse number 12, it says, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. His time is running out. And do we know that we know that we know that we are born again in Christ Jesus? I pray that we do. I'm going to ask that question as I always have been here lately. Because I don't ever want to take it for granted that we always will say yes to because we may come to the realization that maybe the Spirit of God speaks to you and says, you thought you were, but you're not. Let me give you a quick example of that happening. When I was 15 years old, I was sitting in a church, set, church uh, service on the back row, and me and a friend of mine, we were, had been passing notes. And then it came time for the altar call, and the pastor said, whoever wants to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, come on up. Well, I sat there for a minute, but I didn't pass any more notes, but I looked at the pastor. And all of a sudden, I felt this unction inside of me saying, go get saved. And I said, but I'm already saved. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke and said, no, you're not. You thought you had been. Because when I was five years old, you see, I, I went down the aisle just like my brother did. And I said everything. I listened very carefully to him what he told the pastor when he asked me these certain questions. And after he asked him, he asked me, and I said the same things my brother did. And then I went ahead and, and got water baptized at that time and everything. And I was five years old. But you know what? That night, when I was 15, the Lord said, you're not saved. You've been thinking you are, but you never have been. And I went and walked up that night and gave my heart to Jesus. Only a few 
few months later, the Lord called me into the ministry, and I made a bad decision in life, and I strayed away from God for so many years. I was almost 27 when I got back on track with God. But what I'm trying to say is this, is that you can maybe think you're saved, but the Holy Spirit might say something to you tonight that says, no, you're not. You need to get saved. Don't let that opportunity pass you by. Let's bow for a word of prayer. In the name of Jesus, Father, we come before you. We thank and believe tonight, God, that we are your people. We are your children. We are your sons. We are your daughters. We are, we do belong to you. We believe that the Holy Spirit has spoken to our spirit that we do belong to you as your children. But God, if there's anyone here tonight who's willing to say that maybe the Holy Spirit has shown me tonight that I'm not really saved like I thought I was and I need to get saved before it's too late. Would you just speak to their heart right now? Every head bowed, every head closed. Are you willing to say tonight, I don't know Jesus, but I want to make him my Lord and Savior tonight. Let me see your hand raised up and I'll pray with you. Maybe someone here on Facebook Live, God has spoken to you and showed you that same thing. Maybe you thought all these years you've been saved, but you're not, and you want to get saved. Just pray this simple little prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I confess all of my sins to you. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive me of all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I admit my guilt in the sins that I've committed. And I ask you to forgive me of those sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart right now and to, from this day on begin to live your life in me and through me from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you just said that prayer in faith, you just got saved. You need to find a God, God believing, God word speaking church to get involved with and to get fed from. So if you would like to come here to second to two hundred one West Royce Boulevard, spelled R E U S S. We're located there at the Quarrel Assembly of God. The sign will say the gathering place. But it's actually the Quero Assembly of God Church. If you would come and be a part of what God's doing here, we'd love to have you. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 for Sunday uh, morning worship and at 6 o'clock in the evening for Sunday night worship. And then we also meet on Tuesday nights at 7.14 for intercessory prayer meetings. You can come and be a part of any and all of that. We'd love to have you. God bless you. You can consider yourself.